everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi, everyone. Larissa mm. Russell of Creative You Healing, and welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today, I have with me Robert Sternum. Robert is a dedicated yoga practitioner is a photographer who has increasingly focused on capturing the timeless grace and embodied mindfulness of Asana in his work. His portraits, whether set in the lively streets of Manhattan, the expansive beaches and canyons of Malibu, the foothills of Mount Kilimanjaro, the timeless elegance of Walden's New England, or the bleakness of San Quentin Prison, remind us that there is beauty everywhere. His stunning repertoire runs the gamut from yogis perched on rocks surrounded by the Pacific Ocean to African orphans practicing yoga in Kenya to breast cancer survivors bare-chested and scarred. In addition, Sturman has worked extensively photographing war veterans who have embraced the practice of yoga to heal PTSD in an effort to help change the heartbreaking statistics of veteran suicides each day. So welcome, Robert. Hello, Larissa. I'm so happy to have you here. I just, your work is amazing. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for having me. It's, it's always such a gift when somebody's interested in my work. And uh, so thank you. I appreciate it. Never is something that I take for granted. Um, so yeah. thank you. Yes. Well, I, like, it's just stunning that sometimes the juxt juxtaposition, if you will, of um, the stark reality of life with the yoga and and just the emotion that you see in your photos quite impressive so can you share some of your story and the path that's brought you here I was not very good at art in school and then my dad gave me a camera when I was 14 and I went to boarding school and like most 14-year-olds, I was um, discovering what uncertainty was and insecurity and um, sadness and all of the stuff that comes with being a teenager. And he gave me a camera. And so I enrolled in a photography class and I started to make photographs and I was very bad at it. But... I had something deep within me that needed to come out and I needed to, I was desperately searching for a language to speak, to express myself, to make sense of the world. So I tried very, very hard. And once in a while I would get lucky at making a, a decent, cool photograph. And then I would just copy that luck. And eventually that luck turned into skill but it was a desire that carried me through um, all of school and into uh, college and going to uh, art school. But this really deep desire 
to self-express and make sense of the world, which pushed me in a ferocious manner to learn the craft of being an artist, even though it was completely unnatural to me. Um, and then one thing led to another and I, I just started to, to find my voice and uh, it led to uh, some of those, the things that you just read. Um, and along the way, I, I must say, I'd like for people that, that hear all that, that, when I hear that, I also remember that there is a tremendous amount of rejections that come along with every single one of those accolades. But what brought me here is the deep desire to, to, to speak and to share my heart with the world. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and you can really see that in, in your work. So what would you say healing with creativity means to you? Well, creativity from what I've experienced is a, is a relaxation. And the more relaxed we are, the more healed we are, I think. So for me, creativity is a, is a state of mind. So I can be sweeping the floor or walking my dog, but it's the quality that I bring to things in a relaxed manner. And that always reminds me of the healing. And the healing is, is just chilling out. Mm -hmm. I love that, just chilling out. We all need to do more of that. So. We certainly do, absolutely. <laughs> so what then inspires you in the work you do? What inspires me is, is telling the story of humanity in pursuit of being our best. I... I really wanted to focus on the good that's occurring in this world. And that's what I've turned my attention to with my photographs. And I use yoga as the foundation to tell this incredibly positive story about individuals, all individuals all over the world, from all professions, all cultures, with one desire, one longing, and that is to become better at being human. And when I see, whether it's prisons or people in the military or Maasai warriors at the foothills of Mount Kilimanjaro or breast cancer survivors or house painters, um, police officers, did I say? It's, it's this desire to slow down, to, to wake up and to have an opportunity to do this life in, you know, in the best possible way that we can do it. And that's the common thread that I see through this language of yoga and meditation that is the positive story that I, I want to tell. I wanted to, when I was growing up, I really had a longing to be a journalist that was a more of like a more focused on the disasters of, of planet Earth and wanted to go to wars and photograph that. And I just saw it as, as something that was so important. But over time, something, uh, a switch got flipped. And I evolved into becoming a, what I like to call a, a photo evolutionist rather than a photojournalist. And the difference to me is an evolutionist finds the beauty 
the extraordinary things that are occurring right here, right now, what is working? What's working is people in prison are learning yoga, are learning meditation. They're gonna be back on the streets. It's, what's working is more and more first responders are learning meditation and yoga so that they can do self-care, so that they can make better choices. That's what's working. And we're living in a world where I think people were, were dramatically woken up in the last year as to how fragile we are and how essential above anything mental health is. And so when people are taking the time to do a practice and slow down and take care of ourselves, that's a beautiful thing that, a, that's a story that I wanna tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that because it's so true. And and getting to those core, um, I don't want to say core issues, but the getting below maybe the issues to your own core, where meditation and yoga can take you, allows you then to move forward through life in a calmer, more, uh, what's the word I want to say, a, like a more measured way, maybe, right? Yes. Yeah. And for people who have lived through traumas and, you know, or in prison or in war zones or, you know, different orphaned or whatever that is, um, that can be really um, important to have that change come about. Yeah, we all need tools. Uh, you know, I've lived a, a, a fairly privileged life and I still, I need a lot of tools to survive in this world. The life is not, it's not an easy existence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then what is the creative healing modality you use the most for yourself? That's interesting that you asked that. Uh, and it, it's, it's a, let me describe to you the practices I use to support my creativity. Is that what you're? Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, um, it's been different over the years, but what it is now is a lot of silence. You know, the world is so noisy and I traveled so much doing and getting on airplanes and going to do this project and that project. But for me, listening, like taking the time we need, we, this time that we have to, I feel like if we really slow down and we turn our phones off, I mean, some people call it meditation. Meditation is a, is an it is an appropriate word for it. I don't love to use it because it, it scares people away. And I don't even like, it's just been so overused. Um, and even though I, I photograph themes of meditation, but for me, when I consider it as something that supports me, I just stillness, silence, and there's something else that I do more recently, and that's um, an ice practice where I, I, uh, I heard a gentleman by the name of Wim Hof speak, and he talked about how the cold helped him to rewire the central nervous system and reprogram who he was and also to access more joy in his life, his wife had committed suicide. And so he fell in love with the cold. And so one of the practices is sitting in like 28, 30 degree water and finding peace. 
And that's something that I've been doing the last couple of years that has really helped me to tap into a very primal, timeless um, experience of, of knowingness and trusting in, in an intelligence that's already inside of me. So yeah, ultimately it's, it's aloneness that has solitude that has been my greatest modality rather than going and, you know, just being busy and being all over the place and, and, uh, um, abusing my body in different ways and, and being around people that weren't good for me and, so yes, just, yeah, deep silence, solitude and, and, and quiet stillness. I can't stress that enough, how, how much nourishment there has been for me in that. I love that because, you know, during COVID and, and the lockdowns, um, I think, you know, I talked to a number of people and as they're healing and that time for self. Right. And that's time for self-reflection and not being able to run and do and be involved in so many things has been really important for the people who have taken it as as a plus, as a positive. Right. You know, some people have gone the opposite direction because they can't settle into that silence. They can't. And I mean, I uh, again, I I referred to my some privilege that I have, I. I, I don't support a family. And so it, it was much easier for me to tighten up the ship and get through the pandemic than a lot of people. So I can't, not everyone had that opportunity to, to use it like a Thoreau or an Emerson Wood or uh, Isaac Newton or, you know, Marcus Aurelius. Right. Right. Yeah. It's absolutely true. We've talked about that a lot about, you know, people's um, ability to take advantages of the pluses of, of the pandemic. As someone who has lost friends um, through the pandemic to COVID, um, there, I know that there's a lot of negative that goes with it as well. But if you can just be able to find solace in that silence, I think has been really healing for those who can use it. I'm sorry that you, you've lost some friends. That's, uh, wow. Yeah, I, I, so many <laughs> We, uh, I'm not going to get into that one, but yes, thank you. Right. <laughs> so one of the things that often comes up for creatives and healers is the idea of monetizing your work. And as a creative, how, how have you reckoned that, or has that even been an issue for you? You know, I, I one of my goals with being an artist is to completely rewrite the story of what it means to be an artist. So that has been one that I was very adamant over the years that I was not going to fall into that story of being the broke artist, the desperate artist, the uh, destructive artist, all those things that they, that are, are, uh, were almost ideologically conditioned to believe that comes with the profession and the lifestyle. And so it look i'm not going to sit here and and be idealistic and say that it's been easy it's been tremendously challenging at times to make a living as a visual artist but i've managed to get by but i think that ultimately um what i should have done is gone to business school because i was always an artist and i'll always be an artist but i needed to learn other tools 
in order to really um, make make money. And uh, that's something that as I've matured as an artist, I've realized that there's, you don't always just make money from your work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's so, it's interesting you say that because not having those foundations in business, you know, even those who have gone to art school, they don't learn any of that, right? How to start the business of art. Nothing. They should be teaching that in art school. They should be teaching people skills, uh, uh, yoga, meditation, um, how to problem solve and, and all kinds of wellness courses. I mean, and then a little bit of art, okay? <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. So what do you say you are the most proud of in, in your life? I, you know, there's a few things that I'm proud of. Um, and one of the things that I'm, I'm proud of is, is that, I, that I was able to find things and somehow gain the trust of the outliers in the, uh, the world of, of yoga and, and where they would actually see my work and, and most likely read what I said about it. And, and I, I never had an issue with gaining people's trust as a photographer and it, because the proof was in the work. And so when I started to see that, that firefighters were coming to me to tell their story, uh, wardens were coming to me to, and welcome me into their prison to tell a positive story about what was going on in there. Uh, Africa Yoga Project, um, police officers, the military, breast cancer survivors. And when I started to, to really take that in, that, that it, was, it was about the humanity. It wasn't necessarily just about being a skilled photographer, but it was about the ability to care and to communicate that and to gain the trust of others to be to to tell a very tender story and i'm very proud of that yes yeah yeah that's something to be proud of absolutely so then if you could change one aspect of our society through your work what would that be i would say that to evolve us in a in a much more positive direction of equality, inclusivity, and um, that we all are, are equal and to never look down on anybody. Yeah, yeah, that would be, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Do that. And that's why my subject matter is, is anyone, everyone who's really just making an effort to to take care of themselves and mm -hmm. using this poetic language of yoga to tell that story has been very effective to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone's equal in yoga. There is. I, yeah. yeah. Yes, we are. Absolutely. And, and everywhere. And you know, everybody's, everybody's equal. Right. Unfortunately, our society doesn't see it that way. But yes, you're absolutely right. It's something I fight for all the time. Right. 
Have you ever struggled with imposter syndrome? You know, I love that question. And I tell you what, I, when I listened to one of your podcasts and heard you ask that uh, question, I had to look it up. I mean, the words actually sound like, like, of course, I know what it is, but I wanted to make sure that it was because I'd never heard of it or never really contemplated upon it. But um, the truth of the matter is, is um, yes, I have, but lightly. And I'm afraid that by talking about it and focusing on it, that I'm going to become obsessed with it. <laughs> but I have a, a little bit, I've thought like, uh, who am I to do this? And I think it just is a, um, being human and, and really, really just questioning everything. Who am I to deserve this? Um, or what right do I have? But it hasn't come up very much. But when I did study what it is, I, I did remember and put myself into some of those positions and, and patterns that I had and, and doubts about my talents. And, and um, there's things about my work that I could have done so much better. And so I, it comes up here and there with that. And it's ultimately, it's, it's self-judgment. Yeah, and that's really what it is, right? So when we can get past that, um, being more comfortable with what we do and how we do it, stepping into our most authentic self, it can make all the difference. Yeah, but when I looked it up, I said it, it said a, a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Very heavy syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and yet most people have struggled with it at some point in their life. Right. Yeah. You're a fraud. <laughs> Other people don't usually think so, just you. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that's the whole idea behind it. But yeah. And, and do you have an inspirational quote or a motto that you live by or even this week is your thing? There's two. Um, there's actually very a, a, a lot of quotes, but one of them that that I've been it's usually one a year that I really carry with me, and this one has been a main character for a lot of years, and it's by um, Abraham Maslow, and it says, "What one can become, one must become." And I love that quote because I can always ask myself that like, and you know what that ties in with imposter syndrome, what one can become one must become. Mm -hmm. And if you're not really doing your work and showing up for life and, and not committing a, um, what do they call crimes against your own wisdom? Like whether that's a self-destructive behavior or thoughts or things that you just know aren't good for you. So when you really show up for life, that's, that's what that quote's about for me. What one can become, one must become. And that's, it, over the years, it's become more and more non-negotiable because we have less and less time as we get older. 
you know, as we get older, we tend to be able to step more into our authentic self. Because of that, we realize that we must do these things um, to survive, really. Right. Yeah. Right. And also, I, I notice that as I get older, that there is just, you don't have as much time. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. So what one can become, one must become. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other, the other quote is by Marc Chagall who uh, was a painter, a French, well, Russian-born painter that worked in in France most of his life. And he said something to the effect, let me see if I can get this right. He said, when I follow my my head, everything goes wrong. And when I follow my heart, everything goes right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Because it's, it's so true, right? And following your intuition, your passion, your purpose, everything steps into alignment for you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. So is there anything else you'd like to add that we maybe haven't discussed today? I do have a, uh, a, a workshop. It's called A Celebration of Humanity Through the Art of Yoga Photography. But it's not necessarily just about yoga photography. It's just using yoga as a foundation to be able to learn tools and philosophical tools to how to make stronger, more poetic photographs. And it doesn't matter what camera, the best camera, the, the greatest camera to use is the one that's in your hand. So whether it's your phone or a Polaroid, it doesn't matter, throw away, but we're going to be attached. These cameras are going to be attached to us for the rest of our lives. So this course is about opening you up, opening participants up into learning how improving the relationship we have with our cameras so that we can use them with more mastery than mediocrity. Oh, that sounds, that sounds wonderful. Is that an online course or an in-person yes, course? it's an online course that's available on my website. It's two and a half hours, and it'll change, okay. change the way you see for the better forever. I love it. I love it. Well, I just want to thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Larissa. I really appreciate it. Uh, seriously, be, podcasters don't get enough credit. I used to podcast, and I know how hard it is. It's a lot of work and I really appreciate you taking the time to be interested in who I am. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing quality in another human being. So thank you. One of my favorite things to do because I get to meet really interesting people like yourself. So I love it. So thank you. All right. To our listeners, we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Are you a daily journaler? Do you want more creativity in your day? We have two great creativity journals to start your day with. One for people who already have a journaling practice and one for people who are new to journaling. Both are an amazing way to start your day. Both make the perfect gift for a person in your life. Check out Have an Amazingly Creative Day and How Do I Have an Amazingly Creative Day? Both currently available on Amazon. Click the link below to purchase yours now.